Hi, I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. Welcome to the Tim's Take, episode 16, which I think is the exact same way that I said episode 15. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. He does keep getting older. We shouldn't be surprised by this anymore. Yeah. 16, that's four times four. So that feels months are not actually four weeks, but it is getting disturbingly close to four months. Yeah, he's headed back to the pediatrician for his four-week appointment. Four-week Four-month appointment. appointment. <laughs> Soon enough. Yeah. I'm really excited to know how much he weighs. Me too. We haven't tried to weigh him in a while, and I'm really curious. I kind of am starting to suspect it'll be way more than we expect. Yeah, see where he's on his growth chart. Maybe we'll have to take bets in the next episode or something before our appointment and then see from there. I like that idea. Cool. Well, shall we dive in? In this episode, for those who like to keep track, know what the format is, the format's going to be something of note, the Tim's take, and I'm not just a parent, right? That's what we just agreed on. And who goes first this time? You go. Okay, I'll go. My something of note is on Friday, my day off, I took Oliver to Trader Joe's with me by myself for the first time. That's a big deal. That's a lot of very important modifiers to that event. It was a big deal. He has not been to a grocery store at all because usually one of us will go alone. But this weekend, my brother and sister-in-law are in town, who you just heard on the bonus episode. And so it didn't make sense or there wasn't really going to be space during the weekend for us to go grocery shopping. So instead, we struck a deal. Rachel would take her car to get the tires filled with air at America's Tire if I took Oliver to Trader Joe's. And it is my something of note in a positive way because Oliver just took it all in, all the colors. It wasn't that busy, which was really nice, so it wasn't super stressful to navigate around people or anything like that. I went early so I could just walk in instead of lining up outside as they've had people doing during COVID to limit people inside. And it ended up being positive. We got back to the car. It's one of those things where I realized this is a sort of switch. Or maybe it's just my regular brain on steroids because I do tend to think through sequences and what has to happen and what happens next. But I was definitely rehearsing on the way there. Okay, I'm going to get out and I'm going to put him on. Then I'm going to, you know, put my sunglasses on Then we'll or take them off. And where will I leave those? Oh, I left them in his car seat so that then when I come back, I'll put them on, you know, all these kinds of things. I thought, okay, I'm going to put the cart away before I take him off and then et cetera, et cetera, because I wanted to be prepared because I was a little nervous, but it went really well. He was a trooper. He was great. It was way better. Did we talk about our target? We did in episode 15. Yeah. So it was way better than that experience. I, I did ca- have him in the carrier, so that might have made a difference. But congratulations, Oliver. Well done in Trader Joe's. I was very jealous because Trader Joe's is one of my favorite places. <laughs> yeah. Matt has always said that if he dies, I am highly likely to remarry a Trader Joe's employee because I love it that much. Yes. I'm not saying that that's what I would condone, but I am saying it feels likely. Okay. My something of note this week is Oliver cries, which is just something to note that he cries. Most of the time he is a most of the time he is a very chill baby. Yeah. I think I'm a little spoiled by that. And so I was talking to a friend the other week and 
she was saying, you know, I'm always in the grocery store and I hear the babies cry and it's a little overwhelming and I think I'm glad I'm not that person. And I was like, yeah, but, you know, you kind of get used to it. And she's like, really? I'm like, yeah, you do. And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, actually, no, I'm lying to you. And I said that to her. <laughs> and I've realized how true that is over the past week. Oliver had a couple fussy days. And I am used to his crying if I know what it's about. Sometimes after I feed him and I put him down and lay him on his back or you know, if he's just frustrated about a toy or something, I know he's going to cry. And I, if I can anticipate it and I know what it's about, then it doesn't bother me. I think I am used to just being, oh, like he's fine. It doesn't work me up a lot in those situations. But when he kind of really goes for it, really cries, and you can't always pin down the issue, which that means you can't pin down a actual solution, it can be very overwhelming for me. Yeah. Way more so than it affects Matt. Yes. <laughs> and I didn't realize we differed so much on this oh. until this week where you can really take it in stride and you're standing there holding him as he's screaming and you're telling both of us to just take a deep <laughs> breath, to calm down. And it just hits me. I mean, I think part of it is I'm his mom and because I'm breastfeeding him, Sometimes the crying is related to feeding, and so I feel the responsibility. And I think I probably hold more of his needs and schedule in my head than you do. That's not meant to be shameful. That's just the way I operate. Yeah, I, I feel like I might quibble with that. I feel like that's playing into some gender stereotypes, that dad's kind of disengaged, not really aware of what's going on. I no, mean, I true, didn't say... I true, you are around during the day but when i'm around i feel like i'm equally as aware of when he needs to feed and when he needs to sleep i would agree which okay. is why i didn't say you don't i just said i think i hold some of that more in my head because i am taking care of him more often so i'm more used to that hmm. mindset okay and there's anyway, no arbiter here to rule one way or the other nope. so we'll just <laughs> let you keep going regardless it does get to me more and it is harder for yes. me to hear his cries. And I realized that I had maybe convinced myself that I was over him crying and totally fine with it. But no, it does not. affect me. Do you think, see, I feel like when he's crying that hard, there's a few things that go through my mind. Is there something he needs? That's where I kind of run the mental checklist. Now he's just fed or, oh, he probably is tired or whatever. As soon as I get to something that gives some kind of explanation, I'm good. I just relax. I don't feel like we've done something wrong. I wonder, and I suspect personality-wise, if you don't immediately think we've done something wrong, and this is not. Oh, definitely. I'm yeah. way more defeatist. Somehow we messed this up. Something's going wrong instead of, oh, like he's just trying to communicate that there's something going on, and this is a way of doing that, so let's like run through the cycle. That is... It's harder for me. It's not my default to um, go to. Yeah, I think I'm yeah, maybe by just uh, personality too, way more confident. We're doing fine. We haven't messed him up today. He'll be fine. He'll go down, you know, all those kinds of things. Yes, this is true. I'm surprised at how calm you are and how <laughs> it's fair. great you've been at it being an encourager fair. in those moments. Yeah. But Milo is realizing that his crying does still affect me. Yeah. 
I could have told you that, but I'm glad you came to it yourself. I really just noticed it after I had the conversation with my friend, Abby. Well, yeah. Talking about it, I realized how much it does still affect me. Well, and this is how spoiled we are because the times that you've had to experience a hard cry are, v- are pretty rare. So, but there was a little, little bit of that this week. That's good. Moving on to takes. Yeah. I like that. That was a take and event all in one. That was sort of like two for one. My take this week is that milestones are often kind of anticlimactic and just happen. So on Friday, also Friday was a very packed day, obviously. We're doing some tummy time and I'm trying to kind of help him take his pacifier because sometimes that will help him do tummy time for longer. And the next thing I know, he's on his back and I realized, oh, you just rolled over from your stomach to your back. That's pretty significant. But I think what I mean is it feels like milestones in this vision of going on a journey, you're able to look ahead and you're able to see there's that marker, right? As it comes up and you're able to know that it's coming and there's sort of the anticipation I was just there. I wasn't anticipating he was about to roll over. I mean, he was doing good. He was lifting himself up and all those kinds of things. But suddenly it's just like, oh, I guess that's something you are able to do. Now, is he able to replicate it ever again? I mean, someday he will be, but he hasn't since. But it is just this strange, oh, I I guess that just happened. You blinked and it happened? Yeah, you blink and it happened rather than sort of, okay, it'd be one thing if sort of universally children did this on their 150th day or something. And so right. then everyone knew, okay, when day 150 hits, but you have just such a wide kind of range of time that then when they hit, it's exciting, but it's also a little bit like, I didn't really have time to anticipate yeah. that milestone. And the first only happens one time. Yeah. And, and then, then he's it's gone. done it. <laughs> And even after he did it, I was sort of there like, did that really happen? Or did I push him and not realize? Right? I mean, I'm sure there's going to be things that are that are quite different, right? First steps feels less ephemeral than a kind of a first roll. But right. mm-hmm. certainly it was like, wow, okay. I guess this is something you've done now. My take is basically milestones are just a weird experience to experience as a parent. Yeah. And I mean, my take is, similar to that so i'll pick you back off okay it's just to watch him learn is really something and i feel like i have especially noticed that maybe the past week or so because he's kind of been hitting some of these milestones it is like you are picking things up and learning how to do them and it's just amazing to watch your brain work you know and it is one of those things sometimes he does something once and it's the first time and it's so exciting and then he just does it and that's now he can do it Mm-hmm. And you forget so quickly what it was like before he could do those things. Yeah. Yeah. And it was hard for me to be at work on Friday. Matthew calls me and is like, Rachel, he just rolled. And I was very jealous of him getting to see this role. And I mean, at some point, I'll see his role for the first time. And that will still be a big deal. Mm-hmm. But it's different. I wrote down a quote from the Dadville podcast, which we've mentioned before. Yeah. But they talked one time about being married with kids is an endless array of wanting to switch places with each other. And that really stuck with me because it's when I am at home and Oliver, even if he's, you know, kind of happy, but especially if he's upset, I'm like, wow, I really wish I was (laughs) 
Matt right now at a job talking to adults doing you know important <laughs> big things but then when I'm at work and doing those things and Matthew calls me he's like our kid rolled over I'm like I want to be home <laughs> and so that quote really stuck with me that it is I just always want to be in the other person's shoes and it's good to remember that I think as we relate to each other and experience different things and try to balance jobs and social lives and everything with having a kid we won't be there for everything with oliver if we're also trying to have these other parts of our lives and that's okay yeah and it's okay to acknowledge that we both want to be where we are and also somewhere else at the same time yeah but i'm really grateful that we have the amount of flexibility that's a real blessing for us right that yeah i get a whole friday with him each week that's kind of amazing you get because you're working only part-time multiple full days a week with him so yes i i hear that i'm also just so grateful for the routines and schedules we have that do allow us to to be the person that the other person would envy you know we're not both envying some third person all the time so it's a good mix yeah it's a good mix that's good finally i'm not just a parent my I'm not just a parent is a gift that I gave Rachel for her birthday, which is a lemon lime juice presser. This is incredible, folks. We, we will link to it in the notes. But this thing, I don't know I don't know what getting lime juice for a recipe looks like in your household, folks. But in our household, once I Googled this and I found out that Oh, it's helpful if you press sort of a wedge against kind of a fork. You put the fork in the middle of it and then squeeze in. That's a good way to get juice out. And I was pretty proud of that hack for quite a while. Then Rachel put this lemon lime presser on her uh, birthday list. And so I got it. It's not super expensive. I think it's less than $15. It's a ceramic, so it's kind of heavy duty. But you put half of the lemon or half of the lime in a part of it. You squeeze the other part. It's relatively easy to squeeze. And man, it juices that thing. Gets it all out. Oh my goodness. We've never had such lime-filled guacamole than we did this week. It doesn't get all over your fingers. And then if you've got any hangnails, your fingers are all stinging. It's one of those simple little life hacks. Very easy to clean. Easy to clean. Relatively cheap. It just changes your lemon-lime juicing game. So very specific. We obviously use a lot of lemons and a lot of limes in our recipes for whatever reason. We just like those flavors. I love citrus. Yeah. So if you do too, can't recommend this enough. So that's my I'm not just a parent. <laughs> What's yours? Okay. Mine is more of a question, but it's something I've been pondering this week off of another podcast I listened to. Are you throwing this question to the listeners or to me or to, to yourself? To you and to the listeners. Okay. I feel like I've already pondered it and come up with my answer. Oh, okay. So I was listening to this podcast called Coffee and Crumbs, and they were recounting a story of how somehow over the summer they opened their medicine cabinet in their guest bathroom Mm -hmm. and realized that someone had left a bottle of the poopery stuff, the good smelling room spray, in their medicine cabinet. And they were wondering, was this a passive-aggressive thing that you should have it in your cabinet did someone just happen to be carrying it around during covid was it an antibacterial thing and they just happened to leave it in the medicine cabinet a very strange thing but the question was then brought up is it a hospitable thing to have 
some kind of good smelling spray in your guest room. Is that a really nice, generous thing to offer people when they come into your house? Or is that something like not everyone thinks about? Do you notice if you go into someone's bathroom and that's not there? Do you think that is not hospitable? Does it freak you out? Have you ever had moments of you're like, oh, I can't cover this up? <laughs> that's a problem. Which is why I do believe it is actually a very hospitable thing to have spray. And I just bought before this conversation oh, on the before podcast, this conversation. like two or three weeks ago, I bought spray for our guest bathroom because I was like, not that we've been having any guests over, but even between the two of us, we, since we're working from home, use that guest bathroom more when Oliver is sleeping in our room and just thought we need, we need some spray. So I am in the camp that it is a very hospitable, almost necessity to offer that to help mask any unwanted smells that people might deliver to your bathroom. And that's just a kindness to offer them that opportunity. Some people mention that they use candles, mm-hmm. like a lit candle. I think that is adequate. So that's the camp I fall in. Do you have any opinions about this? Have you ever noticed lack of or or existence of? Hmm. Good question. Well, two comments and then I'll answer, get to the question. I like the theory that it is someone who just visits them regularly, who stashes this in all. They're like, well, uh, you know, I'm here every week, so I might as well just keep a little kind of bottle hidden in the medicine cabinet. And that's what they're then trying to figure out. They're like, do you have any repeat offenders at your house <laughs> who might want this there? Yeah, that, that's the version of events that I like. The second thing that I want to say about this is... I'm trying to think how many guesses you could have given me of what your I'm not just a parent was going to be before I would have guessed that it would be something around air fresheners in bathrooms for guests. It doesn't have anything to do with Oliver, which is which I'm very proud of you a temptation for. of mine. I was quite worried because you did open with referencing a parenting podcast, but it didn't go that direction. I don't know how many guesses, but it would have been a lot of guesses. I did not know that we were going to bathroom talk in this segment. My final answer is I'm going to desperately avoid any scenario where I'm going to need to use an odor covering scent in someone else's home. But sometimes your body, you can't, you can't control that. Are you saying you can't, you've mastered that control of your body? Yeah, it's true that sometimes you can't control it. I'm going to have to be in significant agony for me to get to that point in someone else's home. It's going to have to be physically painful beyond of three on the pain scale wow really before that's what it comes to yeah because i just respect my friends that much and i don't i don't want anyone but would you feel this way even at your parents house no i probably feel different at my parents house okay so there is some but not threshold. totally different the pain is probably lower level like a two <laughs> yeah I don't know. So there is a circle Speaking of, of intimacy in which you would not need or need but smelling I, spray but in I do someone's know, house. I do know that my mom does have spray in every bathroom. And I have thought many times when I am at their house, wow, it is so nice to have this spray. <laughs> many times. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's offering a little too many details. TMI. But it is just, it's nice. Even if you're just, you know, using the normal bathroom, it's still nice to have some it's all normal let's normalize bathroom behaviors everything people do in the bathroom barring something they need to report to their doctor is normal (laughs) Rachel you took us here I did I just found it an interesting question listeners feel free to write in 
Oh, boy. And share your comments. Just tell us what side of the camp you're in. We all know that there's no one who loves mailbag as much as me, but I don't, I don't know if I'm going to encourage Be this gentle. mail. Be <laughs> gentle. Oh, thank you, Rachel. Never know where the podcast is going to go. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm not just a parent. <laughs> you're not just a parent. You you really aren't. You're a fully functioning, digestive human being. All right, let's wrap this up. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, folks. On that note, I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And that is your Tim Steak. <laughs>